It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. Joining us now is Brett Bayer, chief political anchor at Fox News and, of course, anchor of Special Report every weeknight at 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. His hit podcast is Brett Bayer's All-Star Panel. He's also a best-selling author, and this is very exciting. He's got a new book out. We've been teasing it now for a number of weeks in his recent appearances. To Rescue the Republic is the title, Ulysses S. Grant, The Fragile Union, and The Crisis of 1876. It is out now and debuted number two in the country on the New York Times bestseller list. Brett, welcome back to the show. Congratulations. Number two on the list. That's very impressive. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's yeah, it's exciting uh, for a, a history book uh, to be up that high is a, it's a good thing. We're proud of it. Obviously, you know, still trying to get to number one, but uh, very happy with what the rollout has been. Yeah, no, it's it's a real achievement. And I had the great fortune, along with Adam, to have dinner with you recently with a few other folks. Hugh Hewitt put it together. We uh, had some time, of course, to get to know your lovely wife as well. And at the dinner table, over the course of the meal, your book came up. It was uh, forthcoming at that point. And you talked about some of the experience of writing this, because you've written a number of uh, historical bestsellers, right? Nonfiction, looking at crucial moments in history, three days here, three days there. We've had you on to talk about those best-selling books. This is about a pretty towering figure in U.S. history who yet feels at least to newer generations, I would argue, kind of mysterious, if not obscure. What made you settle on Grant as a figure that needed more exploration? Yeah, so for those other three books, the Three Days series, I, I looked at uh, moments in history that I thought were overlooked uh, or undercovered at the time, and that's Eisenhower's transition to Kennedy and his presidency, um, Reagan's final summit and a speech to Moscow State University that's overlooked, really, in the big scheme of things, and uh, FDR, Churchill, and Stalin's meeting in Tehran where they planned D-Day, and it's kind of overshadowed by the Yalta Conference in history. So I wanted to find another three days template without the three days. And um, I I looked at the Grant presidency and everyone focuses on Grant as a union general and the victorious general. And um, he's lauded for that. But when you talk about his presidency, I mean, a few things come up. One, he was a drunk. Uh, Two, they had a lot of scandals and corruption. Uh, Three, after Reconstruction ends, everybody blames him for ending it. Uh, and I thought, that's kind of simplistic. And you look back at that presidency, and it's really consequential. And had it not been for Grant, uh, we, we would have been in deep trouble after the Johnson presidency. What would you say in your research was one of the more surprising things about Grant as the president that you feel like you've highlighted in your new book, and that might shed new light on this man. Yeah, he was driven, I mean, really driven for equality and to keep the union together, 
to win the peace, to take Abraham Lincoln's torch and vision forward. Uh, when Lincoln is assassinated, uh, Johnson, the vice president, takes over, is inaugurated, and largely starts to undo and then undoes a lot of Lincoln's vision, especially when it comes to Southern blacks. Uh, Grant felt passionate about it, and through his push and standing up to Johnson as president, but then becoming president, uh, he pushes through the 14th and 15th Amendments, uh, citizenship and the right to vote. Uh, for blacks, he fights the KKK in the South, and uh, he really tries to hold the country together. I think the most surprising thing is the drive and the consequential nature of that eight years, uh, and then the grand bargain that he strikes in the contested election of 1876 that really the country was tipping back to a second civil war. Brett, I want to ask you one more question on the book. I remember when you and I were discussing Three Days in Moscow, one of your previous bestsellers, you had one dramatic vignette that you came on the air and you shared that really piqued my interest to read the book about these world leaders. I believe alcohol was involved. It's been a while since we had that conversation, but I remember that just sort of wet my appetite for more. Is there a dramatic vignette in this book, To Rescue the Republic, that might spark someone who may not have all that much interest in Ulysses S. Grant as a historical figure, that you might just tease a little bit that could maybe uh, bait the hook, so to speak, and get them uh, on board to go and buy a copy, get you to number one. That sounds good. Um, there's a number of them. I just very quickly, there's one that shows how humble he was as he's getting um, called up to Washington to get a fourth star as the commander of Union forces. He gets uh, Lincoln calls for him and he says, come up to Washington. They put him up at the Willard Hotel and he brings his son, Fred. Uh, he is not big. He's like five seven, five eight, about 130 pounds. He doesn't dress well. He really doesn't care about pomp and circumstance. He's the opposite of General Lee in that sense. He kind of wears old uniforms and muddy boots and an old hat. And he walks into the Willard with his son, and the clerk says, I'm sorry, we do not have any room for you. Um, and maybe maybe we have one small closet-type room on the top floor. And uh, he's not affected. He says, fine, that we'll, we'll take that. And he signs the registry, U.S. Grant and Son Fred from Galena, Illinois. And the clerk looks at it and turns white and runs and gets the manager, and they are escorted to the bridal suite of the Willard, because <laughs> uh, he's really the most popular general in the country. And finally, just quickly, the night of the assassination at Ford Theater, the Lincolns invited the Grants to come with them. Um, oh, wow. But Julia Julia Grant was not too fond of Mary Todd Lincoln. There were not many women who were fond of Mary Todd Lincoln, but she was not. And they had already planned to go see their children in New Jersey. So as they're getting a carriage ride out of D.C., there is a ominous figure on horseback that is riding along with them, staring into the carriage. And um, now Grant, looking back, as he finds out that Lincoln is assassinated, thinks that that was, in fact, John Wilkes Booth. And Grant is bereft with guilt that he wasn't there, and he thought that he could save Lincoln's life if he was, but he does think that he was a target as well. Fascinating stuff. To Rescue the Republic, on sale now by Brett Baer. Already 
a runaway bestseller. Brett, you did your show special report last night from the Port of Los Angeles, and you were very kind to put up with my terrible joke calling your show last night special report. And I was – I stand by it. I stand by that terrible joke. But you, in all seriousness, were there covering this very big problem about supply chains. What did you see firsthand in Los Angeles? What did you learn yesterday in your on-air and off-air conversations? Yeah, well, on-air is, first of all, it's massive, and it is just so impressive, all of these uh, containers that, you know, these ships take five to eight days to unload. And uh, it's a massive operation. And then you look out just off the coast, and there's 68, 70 ships ready to come in. Now, what I learned off air was there are a lot of different elements to this, including warehousing, where some of these companies are now essentially charging, holding companies hostage to uh, charge them uh, before the the ship ever leaves China or wherever it's leaving from. Uh, They don't want to hold anything in the warehouse because, you know, they've got all of this stuff coming in. So now they're charging a premium. So that is then being turned onto the consumer. It is a serious, serious logistical chain that uh, I think we're going to find out more about the problems and uh, more about the, what the administration is doing or not doing uh, in coming days. You know, Brett, I'm not a guru on political messaging, but I do kind of have a bit of a hunch that the White House press secretary making a joke about People whining about their, you know, treadmills being delayed and, you know, their delivery time may not be the best approach here. Seeing the White House chief of staff retweeting an argument that inflation is a high class problem, uh, that does not really seem to match what we're now seeing showing up in poll after poll, including the new Fox News polling. Inflation is biting. Economic concerns and worries are absolutely real, persistent, deepening. There are two national polls now, the Grinnell College poll, the Quinnipiac poll that has the president in the high 30s overall, uh, in the 20s among independents. I wonder what you make of the White House messaging strategy so far, which seems to be some combination of, oh, these bad things aren't happening, and if they are happening, they're going to be transitory and and painless and relatively quick. And if they're not, it's not really our fault. Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, was on saying, look, there's no quick fix to this. Then some of the dismissive, almost, you know, joke-making stuff that I reference, it doesn't seem like they've really figured out yet how to message this thing. And at some point, it's maybe not a messaging problem. It's a a results problem. Yeah, it's bad. It's not – the polls are one thing, but it's really what people are feeling uh, and seeing. I mean, in California, every corner has gas, you know, 550. I saw one California area was at $7 and something a gallon. Um, you know, you start getting into that, it's real. It's happening. It's not transitory. And now you have pundits and financial analysts saying, you know, I didn't really think this was going to last this long. Um, yeah, people are feeling that. And when when that happens, there needs to be a sense of, a lot of action. A lot of things are going on. They're not just talking about commissions that they chat about what's possible. It needs to be like moving. And I don't think that that's the sense that you get. And 
you know, and then this Attorney General Garland appearance up on Capitol Hill today with mm-hmm. with the school and and all of that messaging, it's it's misplaced too. Yeah, I mean, they are struggling on multiple fronts. I think it is fair to say, and that's not my view as a conservative, although I, you know, I'm not uh, terribly sanguine about this president, his performance. I think just as an impartial observer, one can look in, look at the results, look at the outcomes, look at the polling data, and struggle to find any other way to put it or reach any other conclusion. Brett Bayer, as I mentioned, you were in Los Angeles last night at the Port of L.A. You did some events for your book out in Southern California at the Nixon Presidential Library, the Reagan Presidential Library, all very cool stuff. Where in the world are you today for Special Report, and what's on tap for the program this evening? That's great. I'm uh, in Dallas uh, and getting ready for a a couple of events in Dallas tomorrow. So we're going to be the gracious recipients of the hosting of the Dallas Bureau uh, tonight and tomorrow. And uh, I may actually get to an SMU game tonight. So uh, this is kind of an interesting uh, little side to rescue uh, Brett's week um, (laughs) and uh, and also uh, talk about the book tomorrow. The Mustangs, I believe, down there at SMU. Beautiful campus. I'm very impressed. Dallas is a great town. Have a great time there, Brett. Good luck and continued success with the book To Rescue the Republic, Ulysses S. Grant, The Fragile Union, and the Crisis of 1876. Brett anchoring special report from Dallas at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 Central in Texas. This evening, Brett, thank you. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.